Motown Rundown, welcome back. It is December 15th. It is a Tuesday. We're a day behind. I don't like to make excuses, but uh, two of our boys here had final exams and final projects to do. Nerds, don't miss that. How was it, though? What's the deal? Give me the scoop. Who's got finals? Who's got exams? Who's writing papers? Who's studying? Still got four to do. I got four to do still. Four? Four, yeah. Well, I mean, two of them I can take whenever. Uh, I was going to take one this morning. Didn't quite get get around to it. So I'm going to after we record here. So I'm in good shape, though. I'm actually in good spirits. I cleaned my room today. I'm in a good mood. I'm, I'm, I'm Great. doing good well. Thing, good thing you're cleaning your, you're spending time cleaning your room during finals week. That's so what that, you do, that, dude. You procrastinate, you clean. It's a great thing that, to do. I always really, do that. Is that really how it is now? Like, they're just like, hey, here's the final exam. It's online. If you want to cheat, go ahead. You can well, take it with your look, buddy. One of them, one and of whenever them, you want to get to it, whenever well, you don't get even add to like, it. It's, well, school's 10 times harder than it was before, Rabs. It's not even close. So if you no, want to let yeah, it all, it all, water finds it evens level. out. Water, it evens out. Water has found its level with this online school <laughs> BS. Let me tell you. I didn't like the tone Rabs took there in the beginning there. Yeah, I didn't like that no, either. Well, you're, you're coming <laughs> for us. No, I'm not. I don't, I don't miss the days of, of final exams. And I'm also not going to act like I was one of those guys that was committed to the library for a month. I, the way my brain works is I'm like a night before two nights max guy, like even for final, like I'll try to go, I'll try to, I remember like back in college, I, like I'm like 50 years old, but I would, I would go to the library with my buddies and it takes you an hour to find the spot. And then you sit down and there's usually a game on, so like you're trying to watch it on ESPN, and then everyone's hungry, so you order food, and you don't get any work done until the food comes. Long story short, it's like 2.30 in the morning, and you haven't done any studying yet, and then you're like, you know what, let's just come, like tomorrow we'll get back after it. Like, let's come back tomorrow, and then we'll get after it, and you never do. So I'm not going to, I don't mean to be on the high horse like I was a guy that was just grinding in the law library at MSU for weeks on that until final exams but well, no i don't i the, the online stuff is a joke like i feel bad because it's impossible to learn that way well the thing about it though is like think about this like now there's like probably like two or three majors at michigan state where you actually need to like yeah, oh, for sure yeah. like there's like and, and i we're obviously if you've heard our podcast are not in those majors so like what's that supposed to be? we don't sound dumb well i mean we're, we're, it's not like we're doing chemistry it's not like we're like yeah. you know what it I mean? is not a it is not a chemistry p- podcast, correct? It's not a chemistry. Like, yeah, I'm just saying, like we're not stem guys. Have, we're not stem yeah, guys. Not, it's not like we're in law school, so I mean, there's certain like people that like actually need to be in a library. But you're completely right. The library half the time, like it, it is helpful when you go by yourself. If you go in a group, you're not gonna get anything done. It, it's just a fact. I I don't believe going in like studying in groups actually helps unless like. It's maybe two, but if you have more than two people there, you're getting nothing done, like zero. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes every now and then you'll, the you'll have a friend that holds you accountable every now and then. Like shout out my friend Paige, lived lived in the same neighborhood as her freshman year, knew her in high school too. Ooh. Like great friend, but like she would grind, right? So then she would like make me grind. But since then, I have kind of fallen off the wagon ever since I stopped living close to Paige. Kind of been a downward spiral in my academic career. I still do well, fine, the satisfactory though. and non-satisfactory yeah. is, like, a huge game changer. Yep. So. Big time. I took all my grades. I was I'm, – because I'm, I'm a class act. I took all my grades. You really did? I did. Yeah, I swear. Right right hand to uh, 
right hand to God, took all my grades. Last, last time I, I flipped it the opposite way of what classes I wanted and what classes I didn't want. So, like, my GPA came back. My mom said, you got a 2.5? What, what, what happened there? I'm like, what? I'm like, I, I was projected to get a 3.7. It turned out I just send in the wrong way. Like, I didn't understand how to do the satisfactory, <laughs> non-satisfactory. I'm such an idiot. Oh, but, so you, I, clicked, you clicked, like, all the classes that you, like, I don't even understand. I did the opposite because I'm a moron. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the classes I didn't want to keep I don't know my how that even made sense in your brain. He took – he was like – he was I didn't like, get the button. Not... I was like, what? Like, no, I, like, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> like, I thought satisfactory meant, like – I did say – wait. If you – I do – I'm trying to, I'm trying to like, make a comment as to – in an analogy – is the how you did this? I don't get it. I like don't. I don't know. How maybe I you thought like the grades that you did poorly in, you were not doing well, so you were like, "Oh, I'm not satisfied with this." So I don't even know. <laughs> I don't remember how, how the button. I was work. very confused reading that email last year. So eh, that's on me. That was not great. <laughs> Wait. So did, did you have to keep those grades? No, I fixed it. I just emailed my like because oh. it, it like the day my grades came back, my mom was like, "Uh, what happened this semester?" <laughs> And I was like, oh, no, it's, that's not right. Unbelievable. Well, finals week, don't miss it. But when is it over? This Friday? Then you guys are yeah. done, right? It's not I really the same. It, there's no one up here and stuff. Like, finals week, usually it's just like – I mean, oh, there's nothing – like, Dude, it's great, though. Like, the buzz, uh, the buzz on campus is great during finals week. But – because that – and, like, that's back to our, our original discussion – there's nothing better than, than like not really having finals and you just kind of like, you just get involved with the chatter about like, Oh yeah, man, tough week coming up finals week. You're like, yeah, I guess so. Like, I haven't had a single final this year, all papers. I'd rather do that. I'm a papers guy. Yeah, me too. I, I would rather do finals personally, but I don't know. Well, I'm glad Good discussion. Glad, uh, I miss the library. Miss the business library. I do. I do too. I do too. I, the library was a great time, but um, I'm glad. So that's the thing. We're student student podcasters first. So you guys had to get that done on Monday night or whatever you had to do on Monday, which was great. Um, here's my other thing too that I, I Collins. I know you always say that you don't ever want to be the guy talking about your fantasy football team, but can I explain to you guys why I didn't sleep last? You night? sent this in the group chat. I saw this. What time did I send that, by the way? Was that like – It was like right after the game. Did you watch the game? Did either of you watch the Browns? it was a fantastic game. So, game of the year, probably, in my opinion, right? So, here's how the breakdown goes. Stafford infection infection at 7-5. and I believe I was 7-5. and In the playoffs, first round, six teams make it out of ten. I think I was like the fourth or fifth seed. Um, Going into Sunday – I was up, I think, like 18.8 with going against Cole Beasley and Justin Tucker. So, Cole, Cole Beasley, I had to sweat through that game, too, because he's more than capable of, like, 11 grabs for 150 and two touchdowns. So, luckily, he had a modest night. So, I go into Monday night, which is last night. I'm up 8.7 points, okay? Now, you have to understand, in this league, too, which is comical, and I actually think I'm going to leave the league based on this rule – if your individual player wins his game, if his team wins, he gets a point. If his team loses, he loses a point, okay? That's so remember that for what you're about to hear. So game's rolling on. I, again, up 8.7 points, and I move to the next round. And if I move to the next round, I get guaranteed money. So that's all I really cared about. So 
Games going on. Of course, the Ravens are marching down the field at will, which is like good on on one hand because they weren't they didn't have to settle for any field goal. So I believe Tucker gets like three or four off the bat. He misses one, which he never does, or it got blocked or something. There was a miss when they got to 34, so that helped. So now I'm up 4.7. Okay, games unfolding. Lamar goes to the locker room, diarrhea, cramps, whatever it was. He's not in the game, which is huge for me. Trace McSorley blows his knee out, unreal. So the good thing is, is I'm sitting here up 4.7 sweating this out. Long story short, Lamar comes back on the field, and now I get to thinking, like, this is going to be trouble because the Browns just simply scored too quick. That's what happened, and I I knew it was going to happen. Lamar comes back in the game, and I was thinking, if they settle for a field goal, I'm done. But he throws a touchdown pass, which is huge. So then, of course, the Browns score too fast. I watch it all unfold. Justin Tucker lines up from like 55 or whatever. I'm still up 4.7. And I believe in my league, anything over 40 yards is like an extra point. So the, you get four. Yeah, well, that's what you're supposed to do. That's how you do it. Well, I, that's, that's, that's an obnoxious rule. Like what? That's every that's dude, way better. On. That that's way better than if your team loses, it's minus one or whatever that well, was. Okay. Thing. So 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 get this. So of course he hits the fifty-five yarder or whatever. There's the four. The Rays win. That's There's five. the plus one. I lose by it's five for a fifty-yard field yes. goal. Is it five? Yes, in fantasy. At okay. least in ESPN. Either way, either way, the points work out. I lose my game one fifty. What was it? One fifty-one to one fifty point seven. That's how I lost. Stuff. That's pretty tough. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I just listen. I just went three and ten and didn't make it, so I I, I can't really. Well, Trent, because you draft all lions, you draft no, all lions, no, and you play no. a sixteen. You play Trent a sixteen. Trent was playing Marvin team. Jones all year, just I, waiting for this I, guy. I, I to was. Break I out. was. I don't. I don't draft all lions. I draft like two, but then I end up with all of them because everyone just offers me trades and I take them. But a couple trades that I made this year actually worked out. Like. Michael Thomas for Marvin Jones, like that's a good trade. That ended up being a very good trade. I pat myself on the back. Yes. I don't know. I, I, I did Brad, that after I week one. Saying. After week one, I did that. I was like, you know what, Michael Thomas, he's he's you know he's a diva. He's not going to play again until like week nine. Give me Marv. Marvin plays every week, it by sticks. the way. And he's better than Kenny yeah. Galladay. Marvin Jones is better than Kenny Galladay. Stop. That's my hot take for the day. Um, Trent, 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 Trent. Trent, I stop. believe this okay, with stop. my heart of hearts. I, I, I was going to say something to Ravs, but you just had me so riled up right there that I, I, I was not Ravs. Trent. This is about me. Ravs. Yes. I will say this. Those are st- – like the 50-yard field goal, I actually like it that you get points for how long it is. I think that's actually a good rule. The winning rule is stupid. That's a stupid rule. Yeah, Very it's, how stupid I, rule. it's how my season But at the, same time, at the same time, you would read to the league. You know how it works. I don't think you complain about that. You can complain oh, I, about yeah. Tucker. You complain about Tucker making a fifty-five yarder, but you just kind of seem like a whiny bitch if you're, you're oh, complaining about the dude. rules. Okay. You're gonna complain about the rules when you <laughs> sign up for the league and you're already in the playoffs, and now you're complaining about it. I'll be dude. if you were like like getting you're like yapping in my ear. If I was the commissioner, I'd be like, okay, good riddance, good riddance. I'm just – it was just a tough way to lose, Collins. Can you give no, me that? No, it was. I, I, I watched myself no, die. I, I, was, I was comfortable the entire game. The entire game I, like, settled in. And then, of course, I just I, – I saw the inevitable field goal coming because the Browns had no answer when Lamar Jackson was on the field, and they just drove the field and nailed it. So, 
whatever. But that's I hate to be the guy that talks about those fantasy teams because I know no one cares. But it was a tough night. I just, you can't catch a break this year. I'm never on the right side of those things. So now I have, I didn't make any I'm money. I'm so bad at fantasy. fantasy. Never will be good. We're sorry to Rabs. Our our hearts go out to Rabs. We're sorry. Thanks. I'm. Thank Trent. Thanks for some some words of uh, sympathy versus Ryan Collins calling me a whiny bitch after all. Well, the- I mean, <laughs> you're putting it on like y'all uh, this rule that I've never heard of. I feel like you knew what the rule was. I know. I did. I did. I knew the rule, but it's a stupid rule. And it, it is stupid. Me. That is a stupid rule. It ruined me. All right, let's do the sports today. We have Lions and Pistons on the docket. We will do Lions first. Uh, Lions falling to the Packers at home 31-24. to They moved to 5-8 and eight on the year. Some talking points for us today will be, of course, Matthew Stafford leaves the game late in the fourth quarter with a rib injury. X-rays came back negative, um, but his status for this Sunday against the Titans is uncertain. Um, we should also talk too. Why don't we start with this? How about Chris Spielman comes in as the, uh, I believe his title is he is an, a special assistant slash advisor to the president, CEO and chairman of the lions, which is great because as we have talked about on this podcast, uh, when your president comes out and says after he's hired that he's quote, not really a football guy and quote, uh, probably good to get him a guy like Spielman as his special advisor. Um, also too, I guess on the search committee for, uh, the GM, Barry Sanders, will be on it. Mark Hollis, former MSU AD. Um, so that's some news. I, I guess the only takeaway for, for that for me is, like, I know there were probably rumblings out there of, like, why don't you give Spielman the GM job? Didn't think I needed to see that happen. But I'm at least glad that Sheila Ford has made the effort to bring a guy like Spielman in, who obviously, A, former player for your organization, B, very knowledgeable about the game, and C has been around the league since really he got out of it with his uh, with being on TV and what and whatnot. So I'm glad he's a part of it. I'm glad they got Barry a part. Even if I don't even know like what Barry's input would be with this GM because I feel like Barry's just kind of like you know he's kind of moseys around and like, I feel like they're just like hey Barry I know that like hey we didn't like you didn't make the salary that you probably should have and stuff like that. You're like that's what like a good organization actually does. You just keep around your good players and find them ways to get yeah. paychecks. Which is good. So I appreciate that. But I'm glad Spielman's a part of the – like, full-time employee yeah. of the team, well, too. Which yeah, like, quit just, broadcasting mid-season. He's just so good at his job in the booth, too, that you just have to believe and, – and look, like, he's an ex-Lions player, obviously. So that just – that's worth something. I don't want to act like it's a ton, but, you know, that's kind of why I want Robert Sala well, here as well because – when you have someone who genuinely cares about the organization, it is a little extra oomph. It's not just a job. It's not just a paycheck. Well, it's it's like you're actually trying to help the organization succeed because they hold a special place for you. That's just that, that's a little something extra that I was encouraged by by the whole thing with both Barry and Chris Fieldman. Well, like it's if you get like a boob that like doesn't know what he's doing and has no knowledge, like it doesn't help. Like like. I, I, I'm not trying to, like, I, I don't know an example. Say, like, bring back, like, Stafford in, like, 20 years, and he's just a moron, like, in player person. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not saying he is. I mean, he's a smart guy. I'm just – like, Spielman is a guy who's respected. And like you said, Trent, he knows about the, this organization, and he's – being a broadcaster, you get to see different cultures and stuff and, like, those, like, different interviews and stuff. He also broadcasts at the college level for a really long time, too. So, like, you're right. He has a knowledge. And at the same time, he has a knowledge of, like, the Lions and the Ford family and, and, and was on one of the probably the most successful Lions, like, era. Yeah. So, like, I, I, I think it's a good fit. I think it's a fan favorite because 
I think every like dad loves Chris Spielman. Yeah, yeah. every dad hurt. loves Chris Spielman. This cannot hurt. There's no way that this like like if he's just not good, you just thanks for coming, man. You just just an advisor. You let him go. It's not well, like at the same. Look, I think he's basically just he's not like the director of play. He, like, he doesn't have a lot of pressure. I think it's just more like it's kind of what Al Tayline kind of did for the Tigers for all those years, like. It's more of like a relationship job. I feel like, like you, you build relationships with guys in the organization. You, you, like you build relationships with guys around the league. You figure out who's right for this, for this, and, and then it kind of like bridges the gap from management to like just the team. Yeah. Well, if you know, if Chris Spielman to that point could you know maybe teach Jelani to buy how to tackle, that'd be awesome. Well, he stinks, so that's not gonna happen. Well, right, wait, well, wait, wait. Okay, wait. Before we move on, I also yes. have to mention this. How about? Adam Amin calling, or, or was it was it March? Adam Amin. It, it was one of them called Jamie Collins a bright spot for this defense this year. I just want to bring that up. How many Lions games have you watched, man? Clearly none, because no one watches the Lions. He, dude. he has no been way. a bottom three player on this defense all year. Oh, he's That's been a bright spot. Why? No, he, he Collins. He racks up. He racks up tackles. Is that it? Like, yeah, he's leading no, the tackles. Big, big deal, man. Like. I'll say this: I, I we've been really hard on Jamie Collins. He's actually been pretty good, like the last month or so. Like he, like he, he was bad really early. Like he was bad really early, but he has not been horrible the last week. Like in the week, the only guy like defensive bright spots when we think about this, and I know this is probably jumping the gun, but like Penasini, I feel Penicini's like that guy's been great. Yeah, it's just been, like there's and only, like you know, yeah, and, and I think Deshaun Hand's pretty been pretty solid. I just hate their defensive scheme, so I, I, I don't think that anyone's going to be that productive. But I'll let Ravs get us into what we're going to talk about. Yeah, let's do uh, – let's go to the game now. Um, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, the Stafford thing uh, is tough. Uh, but as far as the game in totality, I guess I'll start. I actually – and this was, was great, too, is I got a call at halftime from Trent and Brock Bailey, um, which was awesome. I needed it. They were – fired up and then I of course I got the call from Trent after the game too so Trent and I have already spoken not to go behind your back Collins but that's just what happened well, you guys are a little bit sometimes. different than I am when it comes to the Lions so <laughs> it's probably good that you guys had a chat so we yeah we hashed some things out but I I actually don't think that they played that bad the defense I don't that's the one thing about this team. I'm not going to continue to harp on the defense because they just like they stink. Like the scheme is bad. So bad. We know, we know this, and they really don't have a lot of players that make actual plays. I feel like I haven't really paid much attention to Justin Coleman as of late too. But as a guy that was really really active as far as making plays and forcing fumbles and and being a presence on defense last year, haven't really seen it as much this year. Of course, he was hurt for most of the year. Um, so there's that. But I between Jelani Tavai, Jared Davis, they actually let play a little bit, which was nice. Um, I Jamie Collins, I I was telling Trent too, and we talked. Like I remember being so hyped up over Jamie Collins because that video on Twitter was going around of him like doing a backflip in his backyard. And I was like, oh, this guy's got some athletic presence. It's gonna be good. He's he's horrible, like he's horrible. He's so slow. The defense, the defense in totality is so incredibly slow. And they don't have an answer for anything. Like, I, like, the Packers actually didn't run the ball as effectively as I think they probably would have liked to on Sunday. But that's either here nor there. Like, I get that you're playing Aaron Rodgers. It's just that, like, everything is so, so easy for opposing offenses as far as just building upon plays and drive after drive. And, like, they don't even see third downs. 
against this defense. And the, 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 the third quarter, the Lions ran three offensive plays. Like that to me is so – it's so unacceptable. And as we flip to the offense now, at least for me, I thought the offense played pretty damn good, all things considered. The Lions only punted three times. And like I said, when your offense is on the field for three plays in the third quarter, and the fact that you were able to put up 24 points, knowing how bad your defense is and how they can never seem to get off the field, I was actually impressed with the offense. Stafford was 24 for 34, 244 yards and one touchdown. I know he made some, some bad decisions, hung on to the ball for too long on a couple sacks. That's fine if you want to give him the criticism for that because he's been bad at that all year. But all things considered with this team, man, I thought the offense played fine. I thought come the end of the game, their last drive in there, even when Chase Daniel was in there, I thought they showed some life, and I was genuinely interested in the game like they could make something happen here. Of course, Mason Crosby, I feel like, killed us every time we play the Packers. Um, the, two, the two calls, too, from the refs, like, Mar was that Marvin, like, in the red zone, that unbelievable – that was a catch. Yeah, like, that was, it was a catch. clearly a catch, yeah. It was a catch, and the Lions are never on the right side of those kind of things. And then the, then the onside kick, too. Like, I think that the ref was so shocked that no one touched the ball, that he, like, threw a flag and freaked out. And, like, I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because that was close, and he didn't have a good enough angle to see if Killebrew's foot was actually out of bounds. So I'll give the ref the benefit of the doubt that he maybe actually was out. But they're just never on the right side of that stuff. And I'm not going to say yeah. that if they get the onside kick, they go win. But it's just, like, again, it's just the typical, like, just extra bullshit added on to the game that we have to watch. And just when you think you've seen it all, like, that's not how the Lions lost, but it's another another wrinkle to the game that you have to see there with the refs. So all, all in all, I mean, I don't. It's not a game that you have to really break down X's and O's, but it's the same stuff. Defense stinks. Thought the offense was fine, um, and that's about all I have to say as far as the game. Well, this is the most typical Lions Packers game ever. Lions go out look great on offense to start the game. Packers come back, respond, and I think the Lions responded too. They I, I, did they score their first two drives or something like that. But I, I don't know what happened in the sense of the game. But the Packers hit up seven points, and it's like, okay, you need to put on points on the board, and you go three and out. That's just what, like, what the Lions like do against the Packers, and normally in big games. And it's not like Stafford's playing bad or anything. It's just at crucial like junctions of the game, like this franchise and this team just never seems like. When you first saw that game, and Devonta Adams basically scores on the first play after a horrible play by Awarie, um, you're like, okay, this should be a shootout. You got to keep up, and, and they just don't keep up. And, and Green Bay is clearly a better team. I, I get that, but for some reason, whenever this team needs to get points on the board, like it's different at the end of the game when Stafford's had an opportunity to go win a game. But like, not even in crunch time. It's just like this is the the. The way this game is going to go, it depends on how this drive goes. You know what I mean? Like, it, 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 like, and, and they go three and out. I don't know what it is. Like, I told my buddy, I'm like, the Packers are a score here. Lions are going to go three and out. Packers will be up 21 seven and a half. It, like, it, I don't know. And the defense is just so great, like, just broken. I, I can't even comment on it more. I think the safeties are horrible. I think the linebackers are atrocious. I don't think they have any standouts on the defensive line. I don't think they have any bad players on the defensive line necessarily. And, and cornerbacks a mess. So I, I, I don't know what they're going to do in this draft. I don't know what they're going to do in this offseason. But I, I can't really harp on anything more because it's the same thing we've been saying the last couple of weeks. 
the reason I called Ravs at halftime was because it was 14-14 and I needed someone to like actually try to make me believe that the Lions could win this one and pull it off because I just really didn't I, was it 14 14 and a half? They, it was, was, yeah, it was tied up. So, so they went down and scored, and it was 21 14 Green Bay, and then the Lions went three and out, right? After it was like a nine minute drive, right? But I also want to bring this up. The Packers had some like BS, they got some BS holding call against us in the first, like, it was it was on third down. And it, it, would have, war, it, would have, it would have been a three and out, but whatever. I don't want to bring up that stuff either because, Rabs, you're exactly right. Like, it doesn't. It just doesn't really matter. And, look, I, 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 I said I was going to do the whole, like, I told Rabs I'm going to do the whole 8-8 eight and eight playoffs things. How do we get in, do the homework? I'm just not because Stafford's probably hurt, and it's just it's not going to happen if Stafford isn't on the field. This – I say all that to say this. Like, I don't think the team played bad either. I really don't. I think the defense, what you're finally seeing here – That Bevel told a great game. What's that? Bevel called a great game. Yeah, no, he, he did. Bevel, you know what, Bevel, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because I want to I'll, – I'll save that. I want to talk about Bevel in a sec. But this defense, I think what we're finally seeing is, like, you broke out of the stupid 3-4 Patricia scheme and you run a little bit more zone and you just play – you know, the defense obviously still – the personnel is just awful, but you're at least seeing some, some of these guys, like, make – make plays here and there, right? I can't even give you names. I'm just saying, like, the defense pops a little more than it did in weeks past and seasons past because of Patricia. It's just overall, like, the the personnel isn't enough to overcome, especially a team like the Packers. So that's that. Offensively, it was just it was just Stafford at his finest. I know he missed a couple bit. He could missed a couple big throws. But in terms of getting everyone involved, Hawkinson's catching the ball. Amendola's catching the ball. Quintez Cephas is getting grabs. Marvin Hall, Marvin Jones, excuse me, is better than Kenny Galladay. I, I 1,000% believe that, and if you guys want to talk about that, we can get into yeah, it. Yeah, let's talk he, about it because you're wrong. What are you faster, talking about? He's faster. Every catch he makes is tough. He's got the best hands on the team. He plays. He All shows you guys up talk every about Sunday. Is how no one can get open when Kenny Galladay is not on the field. And, and Marvin uh, Marvin Jones has been on the field the whole year. Some so of the no catches Marvin Jones what are you talking about? Some of the catches Marvin Jones makes, he gets absolutely cracked. And I no, understand. I agree. He's no, Kenny Galladay doesn't hang on to those, man. I, I, he just does. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes. I can see he does, sometimes. though. Uh, dude, sometimes he does, like, big time. Dude, Galladay makes big plays. Like, if 50, 50 so does Marvin. It's, when it's a 50 Stafford, ball, Stafford trusts Marvin way more. Don't tell me I'm wrong. Stafford trusts Marvin way more. Marvin is Galloway faster. Last year was like a more physical. Okay, last year we were three and twelve and one. And and the, <laughs> this, what are they now? What are they the, now? What are you talking? I don't understand. I'm just I'm, this. Marvin Jones is. Why are you trying to make me like disrespect Marvin Jones? Because I love Marvin Jones. He was a great pickup and he was a nice signing. It's just like hey, me, Rabs has said this. Shake your hand. It's nice having you. Like, go have yeah. fun somewhere else. But for a couple why? Of years. Why? Because I would under, not I under, that, Listen, guys, I understand. You if think you the next three years of Marvin Jones is going to be better than his last three years? Or he'll be just as good. Him. He'll be just as good. I no way. And he can There's be no way. Maybe the best or second best second wide receiver in the whole league. Like he he's he is literally that good. And here's what I here's what I don't understand. You guys have to make this make sense to me. If you want to shake Adrian Peterson's hand, I get it. If you want to shake Danny Amendola's hand, I get it. Or Jesse yes. James, or one of these players you brought in and really hasn't made the impact you thought you were getting, I get it. Marvin Jones, for four years now, has consistently been the best wide receiver on this team, like most available, making big plays, 
uh, making plays late in games. He's just – I don't understand why you guys wanted to shake his hand and say thanks for your time well, here. You got something there. And I know, you, I know you have something in Cephas. I think Cephas looks good. He dropped the pass the other day, but he'll, he'll get it together. I just don't – these guys don't grow on trees. Like, I, you, can't, you can't just get guys with good hands and decent speed who are, you know, low ego. He's not a diva. He doesn't complain when he doesn't get thrown to. Like, and he's, he's friends with Stafford. He loves the city of Detroit. He's got a family with four kids. You think he wants to up and leave the city? If you offer him a contract, he's going to take it. And I think that's why I get fired up because I just know whoever this new GM is probably isn't going to do it, and I don't know why. I don't get it. Well, I – I think you probably could re-sign Marvin Jones, like to a lower contract and like whatever less money, because I probably he's probably if he even if he wants to stay in Detroit, he'll want to be tied to Stafford because yeah. they're very close friends, as you just said, Trent. But I mean, it, it, him and Kenny Galladay are not in the same stratosphere, and that's like it, I, that, that's an argument. Uh, physically, physically, because in terms of production, yes. Marvin is just as good, yes. if not better. Like Marvin Jones creates. Offense. I'm not. I'm not saying he's like by himself. We've literally talked about how this offense has looked different when Kenny Galladay is on the field. And it, 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 okay, Mar- but Marvin, he's not on the field. He's, he's Marvin not Jones. You don't need to bring two guys on. You really like you can lit like you can lose. Like he makes good catches. He's got really good hands. He's not the same guy he was three years ago. He's just not like on Thanksgiving Day where he's single handedly making catches over two guys. This is not who he is anymore. I don't think he's as fast. I don't think – when he gets the ball, he – it's usually – it's kind of like Kelvin at the end of his career. Like, Kelvin is still a fantastic wide receiver, and I'm not even – they're not even the same stratosphere. Kelvin was way more productive than Marvin Jones at any point of his career. I'm just well, saying, yes, like, yes. Marvin Jones catches a football, he's going down. He's like a pylon. And he has great hands. And, like, hey, you've had a good tenure here. It's fine if you move on. Like, hey, if they want to sign him to a low deal, it's not a big deal. I, I, I think you overvalue Marvin Jones, especially what he's done the last two years. Maybe, he's not the same guy he was the first maybe, three years. Maybe I do. Maybe I do. I think what I'm trying to say is, like, this is Detroit. We've been very blessed over the past three years – or not three. I, I mean, like, the last eight years with Calvin Johnson, Golden Tate, uh, like, you know, and then Marvin and Kenny now. And it's like, I just don't – Did you want to sign Golden Tate when they let him go? No, but that was different because he's a slot guy and he, he just was used – I don't know. His, his production actually, like, literally dropped off. Marvin Jones this season has just been – I mean, I don't know. Him and Swift have been probably your two best offensive players in Hawkinson. Hawkinson, Hawkinson Swift, and Marvin Jones. Seriously, because Kenny Galladay doesn't play. And, Rabs, I, I want to throw it over to you now because I just – I know that you don't really agree with me on the Marvin stuff, but I want to get your thoughts on Kenny because well, you had a couple choice words for us in the group chat the other night. Well, I just think the thing for me is as far as Marvin Jones goes, I mean, I don't dislike Marvin Jones. And I think as Collins has said, he's really been one of the best free agent signings that I've seen in my lifetime as a Lions fan. I just think at 30 years old, I don't know if he'll turn 31 before the next season. I I don't know how math works or birthdays, but I assume that might happen. You don't need to you don't need to sign this guy to a three, four year deal. If you want to bring him back for less money, like Collins said, I think his cap pay right now is right around nine. Like, for, for what you're going to get out of him production-wise, 
if you want to bring them back for less, sure. My whole thing with the Lions is, as with any team in the NFL, speed kills, man. They don't have it. Like we talk yeah. about, I talk. It's my biggest point every week. Number one, there's they don't have speed on defense, but number two, offensively, like they don't get open. And and when you when people want to jump on Stafford for taking bad sacks, like no one's open ever. And Kenny is also a very big. Uh, uh, I can't. I don't even know what the right word is. He's guilty. He's guilty of that as well. So, do I like Marvin Jones? Absolutely. Do I need to stand? I don't. Do I need the Lions to sign him to a three or four year deal for thirty million dollars? Absolutely not. He's been great here. He doesn't. He does he deserve a raise? I don't know what team's going to give him more money than we've been giving him. But my whole point There's, is, I look at like the Chiefs, like Miko Hardman, like like Sammy Watkins. These guys are so deep on like with as far as their receivers, they're not big name guys where they can catch the ball. Like even Marvin Hall, like Marvin Hall was serviceable here. But you need guys that get open. Anyone, most people, most receivers in the NFL where they have separation can catch balls. I agree, Trent. Sometimes Marvin makes unbelievably big catches. He He's does. Good hands. A lot of receivers do. He does have good hands, but. As far as Kenny goes, when I initially texted you guys and was like, is this guy ever on the field for us? I looked back at his career. He, he does, like, miss a handful of games, it seems like, every single season. This season, obviously, he's been banged up the entire year. I just there's – there's something to be said about you. The best of ability is availability. He has not been available at all this year. So if Kenny wants to come, up, like come out and get, like, DeAndre Hopkins or Julio Jones or Keenan Allen money, he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't. And, yeah, and as well, he's far not like, going to get that money. That's like not, not even on the table. Well, that's what he wants. I, I gotta, I gotta listen to him tweet after every game. Like this is going to cost you if you want this. He, he, he is great as far as like the jump ball goes because he does go up and make some big catches. But as we say all the time, he is not fast. He's very, very rarely ever open. They, the Dude, Lions I, need I to just get disagree. faster. I, I disagree with that take that he like. He's like his numbers last year were preposterous. He had a very look up, very... look up, look up the yards of separation that that NFL wide receivers get. The Lions are like dead last. Like I agree with open. you. I, I I agree with you. But when Kenny Galladay is hitting double team compared to the guy in the slot like Danny Amendola who can't get any separation, because you're right, they don't have speed on the field. The only quick and speedy guy they really have is DeAndre Swift. I agree what you're saying. I completely agree what you're saying. I think you guys are just undervaluing Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay, when he's on the field, this offense looks completely different. Completely different. And, and T.J. Hawkinson, I think, has been Stafford's most like comfortable target this year. And he he's a mismatch because he's a bigger guy who can block a little bit. Even though, I personally, I don't think he's that good of a blocker. And that was supposed to be one of his calling charts. He's a really good – He's been really good out in, like, going out for passes this year, getting open, like you said, Rives. Like, he's a guy who's talented and skilled. I agree with you. Like, they got to go – that's it's got to be a priority, this draft, to go out and find someone who can get open or something. like. I, I agree with that. But Kenny Galladay is not just a jump ball specialist. He's not – like, you, you don't put up the numbers he put up last year and just be, hey, let's just throw it to this guy in the red zone – he's basically just a better Joseph Fourier. Like, no, no, he, 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 every single time he's on the field, this offense has been a completely different team. So I, I, I think it's hard to just be like, Hey, I mean, I, I understand if he's been injured the whole entire year, that is a concern, but to say like, Hey, like it's not that big of a miss. Like it's a huge miss when he's not on the field. No, I, yeah, I, I don't agree. I, 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 agree. I want to say one last thing about Marvin, just kind of to that point. I just think 
if you're going to keep Stafford around, there's no reason not to keep Marvin, okay? That's my only thing. If you're not going to keep Stafford around, then absolutely I understand why you wouldn't want to bring back a 30-year-old wide receiver who's built rapport with the quarterback you just moved on from. I get it. I just – to me, to me, Marvin Jones, well, he is faster. He, and he's not fast, but he's faster than Kenny. He's got better hands. Stafford yeah, but when Kenny Galladay gets the football, he gets yards after the catch. Like, that, that's something Marvin Jones just doesn't do anymore. Okay, that's fair. But Kenny, I mean, yeah. There, I've seen Kenny drop plenty of passes, and I haven't seen Marvin drop many passes in his, his entire four years here. That's all I'm saying. I just, I, want to read off, I, I just want to read off the numbers that Kenny Galladay has put up in 2018 and 2019. He had 70 catches, 1,000 1, yards, 15 yards per catch, five. Five TDs, 2019 at 65, almost 1,200 yards receiving and 11 TDs. Those are prolific numbers on a bad team. So I'm just, I, I, I he, he's a weapon, and I, I, I don't think him no, and Marvin they, Jones. They, they should, they should pay him. I'm not arguing they shouldn't pay Kenny. I just think that whatever this number is that he has in his head, that they like, they seem to. Well, like, I don't even think they've negotiated yet. They, know what I mean? I, I think it's just been all no Yeah. How can they? Like, I mean, there's. Well, they, yeah. they, they, the bottom line is dude, like Danny Amendola, I don't think there's any, there's any way that he is going to be back next year, but they need to get a dependable slot receiver. that can just burn like that's even like Jamal Agnew in that role has been like decent in, in spurts. It's just, Obviously, he's not a he's not a wide receiver by trade. I don't think they have any intention of of trying to make him one, even though they use him a lot, like in certain circumstances this year. But they just need to get they need to get faster. That's the bottom line. But the, the I, other thing I want to oh sorry, go ahead, Collins. Would you hate if the Lions say they get in the top ten, they take a receiver? No, I wouldn't. I absolutely. I don't know what the receiver is. That uh, what's the kid from Florida that's really good? Well, that's a tight tight end, Kyle Pitts, but like maybe one of the, I mean, Pitts, Alabama yeah. basically has two top ten picks playing wide receiver every year by now. Jamar no, Chase. I, I I wouldn't hate that if they if that's if they take a wide a wide receiver. Obviously, that means that like Stafford. I I I would rather them do that than take a quarterback. To be honest with you, and I know I know it's supposed to be a, a deep quarterback draft. I don't know where the Lions are going to end up picking, but I'd rather do that and go back to my theory of. Uh, as far as, you know, what you want to do with Stafford, then maybe you commit to Stafford for his last year on his deal. And if the Lions are going to bring back Stafford, which is a completely different conversation for another day, as far as, like, extending him, it has to be for, like, less money. And I think he would probably be willing to take that. But to me, it's wide receiver would be huge if they can get a guy that's, like, a nice, young, flashy guy. And, I mean, you have to go primarily defense. Like, that's – that's like well, no question to me. No, no question. And the thing about it is because I was texting my friends about this earlier. They were texting me because we were talking about the Pistons a little bit, and then the Lions kind of came up. I, I mean, like, I, I don't know. When I looked at it and what I saw on Sunday, like, the offense has pieces. Like, this offensive line is, like, sneakily one of the best offensive lines the Lions have had in the past, like, 10 years. The like right side was all yeah. banged up, obviously. Yeah, but like Taylor Decker has been really good this year. Between, a guy who struggled last Decker year. And Ragnow, Decker and Ragnow, and then you also just throw in the fact that like you've got Swift back there, who's going to be good for the next seven, eight yeah. years. Like that—that's a—that's something to build off of. So yeah, I'm completely yeah. with you. And, and it, it hurts because they should have re-signed last now instead of bid V. It was just a pointless yeah. move. They tried to get too cute there, but like the offensive line's not horrible. 
Like Stafford can still play a little bit. Like you get Galladay back, you bring in that. Say you draft a wide receiver in the first or second round. You, you got Hawkinson. You, like maybe you you run the tires on carry on with a new coach again. See if he like rejuvenates a little bit. Like you have some pieces on the offensive side of the football. Where I don't hate the idea if you bring in a guy like Salah. Like hey Stafford, we're gonna give you one more year. Like yeah. not not like just not be like hey like. But hey, let's just run this back one more time. If not, we'll blow it up. Like, it, like, and they're not going to get it. I would be full blow it up if they were to be able to get in the mix to possibly get Lawrence or Fields. They're just not going to be able to. Yeah, they're, they're not going to be able to get one of those top guys. So at this point, you might as well wait another year and, and, and just see how horrible or poor of a schematic guy Matt Patricia was. And if it doesn't work again. Like good riddance, I got not like good riddance. You like <laughs> probably your best quarterback of all time. You just say, hey, like go find someone else to play because you did like deserve to win at a high level. He's out one more year after this year, right? Or another? Does he yeah, have two more I years? He's got. I think he has one year left after after this year's over. I think he has one year left on the deal. I could be completely wrong, and that's embarrassing if I am. But I think was it's it a five year deal? It was a five year deal. He signed in 2017, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. So yeah, I think he's got one more year. The thing about it is, I, I, and I can understand that these people's point of view, they, you just don't want to lose them for nothing. Know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I get that, but I, I don't under, like the rebuild, I, the quarterback market just in general, like there's a lot of decent quarterbacks out there in the league. I don't think you're going to get the overhaul or the turn, like in the assets that you need to like trade a guy like Matthew Stafford. That's just my personal. Like, I mean, get, I, I think. I think that he could return a first-round pick for a team that needs Maybe, him. Yeah, like in the late, though. Like a team like – you know what I mean? Like Pittsburgh's yeah. like, okay, bad and retired. That's, yes, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a point that I wanted to make. And, I, and what I wanted to segue into was looking at the Stafford injury and the rest of the games going forward because I have to, of course, you have to read and listen on the radio. Like, was this Stafford's last game in Detroit? I don't even, I don't even care to, to let that it thought marinate. Be. I mean, I, I, if we want to talk about it, we can. More so what I'm thinking is, number one, first of all, watching that Browns game last night, that Browns team is a you, – you would never – if you had never watched the football before or had any knowledge of NFL history or sports history as it is, like you would never know how, how bad the Browns have been historically. Like that was one of the best games that I've watched this year, and that's a team where we say it all the time, there's so much parity in the NFL – you can go. You can be the Jacksonville Jaguars and go from a three-win team to competing for the AFC Championship with Blake Bortles as your quarterback. You can be like the Browns, who have been one of the worst organizations in professional sports, and now they are one of the hottest teams to watch right now going into the playoffs. So to your point, Collins, yes, and I know we talked about this a little bit maybe a week or two ago when we kind of kicked around the idea of, like, is this team actually that far away? And I just think – from, from you look back at where you were with Caldwell, and it's back to that whole argument of, you know, they, they, they saw nine in seven years. They saw playoffs. And your hope was that Patricia took the next step up. So if the Lions can just erase this Patricia era from their memory and try to build off of whatever foundation they have left, who knows? Like, the team was knocking on the door to taking another step. I just think Patricia, I obviously, it's, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but you see now that he wasn't the guy and did more harm than good and took this team down a step versus if maybe the right guy came in, they could have been a 10-11 win team. 
Well, I get what you're saying, and, and you, it's a decent point with the Browns. There's Kevin Stefanski. They've done a really nice job with Cleveland after like a kind of a rocky start. Like Mayfield didn't look great. Mayfield looked awesome last night. Got benched. Yeah, he got benched during the year. Yeah, he. I mean, he looked awesome last night. But the one thing is like the Browns had all those pieces. They literally just had a bad a bad offensive line and a bad head coach, and they addressed those two in the offseason. Made it. go out and draft a first round right ta- uh, first round left tackle, and then you go sign Jack Conklin. Who, who was a guy who played at an all-pro level for Michigan State guy too. I I just – with this Lions defense, and I don't know if this team is so, so, so broken. And there's some guys like Kyle Shanahan. You throw out a bag of rots, they're in a rush for 100 yards, like his offense, like he'll make it work. I don't know if a guy like Salah can do that. I, like that's the one question. I don't, I, I don't necessarily think this defense is remotely close to being good with just competent coaching. You have to have extraordinary coaching for this team to compete at a decent level to even give Stafford and an offense where I think could like they're above average. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Well, my, my, my second point about Stafford before I turn it to you guys here and look at the rest of the year, I just like you made like the point you made Collins about like the Steelers being a team, like a big Ben hangs them up, like who you can go get. I'm dude, I'm watching that Steelers game against the bills, which like the bills, Credit to them. Like, how like how much would you love to have Josh Allen right now? Not that, that was, I would. That was a ballsy draft pick by them. Ex- yeah, exactly. But I look at a team like the Steelers, dude, and I look at Big Ben's career, who's put up good numbers. He has like what one or two Super Bowl wins, or at least one or another appearance. Like two or three appearances. Think, do you really think that like prime Ben Roethlisberger is better than the best that Matthew Stafford yes. has to offer? Yes. You really think so? Yes, he won two Super Bowls. I, yes. I know, but dude, what are we talking about? Historic, historic defenses. That's what I. That's what I, I'm just. I'm saying from a standpoint. Okay, you can of, argue if the they 2000... lose Big Ben if they lose Big Ben to retirement or whatever it may be. Like that's a team that could go make a play for Stafford, who I think would go in there and have just the same success that the Steelers have had with Big Ben this year because they can't run the ball. Their defense is really solid. So I'm just saying, like. I don't mean to continue to bring up the argument of if Stafford played for a better team, he'd win Super Bowls. But, dude, you can't tell me that you think Ben Roethlisberger is a better athlete and quarterback than Matthew Yeah, Stafford. at 40, Stafford... he's 40. I know. But are we talking about Stafford... 40-year-old Ben Roethlisberger or are we talking about 33-year-old like, Nats? Uh, no, I'm, saying, I'm saying plugging Matthew Stafford into that Steelers team for his whole career. You don't think Stafford's winning Super Bowl with that team. I, I, I think he probably wins at a high level, but I think it's unfair to Ben Roethlisberger – and, and I think, it, like, you can argue, like, yeah, and, and when they won that Super Bowl in Detroit, Ben Roethlisberger was not the main, like, cog. Like, he wasn't the main guy, and he wasn't the reason they won. They had a good defense and they had a really good run game and really good coaching with Bill Coward. But in 07, I, I, I mean, that throw to San Antonio Holmes in the back at the end, like, he, he had some legit, legit moments. And, and, and that 2000, I think when they lost to the Packers, I'm almost certain he, like, carried that team to the Super Bowl. Like, I just think it's unfair. Like, Matthew Stafford has won one playoff game. You're talking to a guy who's won three Super Bowls. And I understand the Lions stink. They stink. But, like, Matt, like, I, I get what you're saying. Like, if things are right around you, and you made the point about Jared Goff in our group chat, you're like, oh, if Jared Goff was on the Lions, the Lions would win zero games. I disagreed with that because I think Goff is, like, decent. Like, I, I think you have to be pretty confident to have your team at, like, 9-4. and four. Yeah, they're probably I, – I, if Matthew Stafford's their quarterback, they're probably 9-4 and four and maybe a little bit better. I do think he's better than Jared Goff. I agree with points like that. But, like, 
he still like there's still moments in games where Stafford's awesome at the end of the game, but there's still times like like I said earlier, it's like you need to get points here, and and, and guys like he's just not in that different echelon. Like I I I think he's in the echelon with Jared Goff and Ben Roethlisberger. Like he's very good, but it, it, he needs pieces around him to win. Is that fair? Like yeah, no, and I, 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 I think I think when you say that about like if Stafford's on the Rams or just on a different level, it's just saying that Stafford's doing every like he he can do everything. He can't do everything, which is not like his fault. He's not like a top five quarterback of all time. He's good. I I, I just. I, I don't get that sometimes when people no, say well, I, I get it, Collins. I think what you're saying is nobody can do it on their own, and Stafford is a little bit better well, than some of these guys who are doing it, but they're doing it with, you know, more competent pieces around them. And, and you know, we've known this. We've probably talked about this on average. A hundred times. times yeah, yeah, yeah that's so, so it's just – Whatever. We're going to have to take it day by day. I want to tip my hat to Matthew Stafford. He's tough as hell. I mean, he cracked his ribs, and they haven't even ruled him out yet for on Sunday. So, we'll see if he plays. But, I mean, you guys want to do the picks or what? We want to keep talking? Yeah, well, no. Let's, we can do the picks. I, I, the only where I wanted to go with that was looking at the rest of the season. Because I know, Trent, when we talked on the phone, you were like, I'll get back to the desk. i got to look at how they're going to get in at 8-8. Eight and eight. So, Let's look at the Titans game. We'll do the picks, and we'll talk about, obviously, briefly, what the rest of the season will look like now. Uh, leaderboard update, Ryan Collins is at 12 and 14. Trent, you're at 14 and 12. I am at 16 and 10 after picking up two wins last week. Thank you very much. Lions at Titans, 1 o'clock on Sunday. The line right now, and, of course, we are recording on a Tuesday, which means uh, I feel like that this line is the way it is because people assume that Stafford won't play. The Titans are a 10.5-point favorite. The total is 52.5. Um, Trent, I'll start with you. Uh, see, this is kind of unfair because if Stafford plays, I'm easily picking him to cover that line. However, if Stafford plays, the line isn't going to be 10.5, I understand. So I'm going to say 105 is a lot in the way the Titans play. Derrick Henry runs the ball. Could be a really quick game. You know, say the Lions ride swift a little bit. Low scoring, under Lions cover. Uh, I, I uh, Titans and under. I, I, I don't have a lot of knowledge. I just don't think Stafford's going to play. And I don't think it would be wise to play Stafford if he's super, super banged up. It's just stupid. So, don't play him. So, uh, Titans. What, what, do you guys, what do you guys think about the implications of, like, if they don't play Stafford and shut him down for the year – like, do you really believe that that's the last time that you're going to see Matthew Stafford as a I think it's a possibility. In my, in my eyes, I think shutting him down – I mean, again, you don't, have a, you don't have a fucking GM. So, like, I don't even know what – like – but in my eyes, shutting Stafford down almost is like, well, we want him to be healthy for well, next year. No reason to yeah. bring him up. But that's the thing is, like, that – that, in that circumstance – You also want to then, sell, like, damaged goods. Yes, well, and he's a I, human I, yeah. being. He's also a human being. If he's hurt, we don't play him, you know? It's yeah, just, yeah, that's exactly. Right, because they're really not playing for – I mean, they're not really outside looking in. But I don't know. That's neither here nor there. I'm also going to take the Lions, and I'm also going to take the total 52.5. I'm going under. Um, keys of this game for me, the Lions only used their running backs on the ground 13 times against the Packers. I get that the – I mean, well, they weren't playing from behind the whole game until the second half. But I – that's the one thing is like – I and they use Swift more than AP, which is all anyone wants to see. 
but you have to establish the run. I get it's not like college football and you don't have Derrick Henry, like how MSU wants to run the ball 40 times a game and they can't move the ball either. That's neither here nor there. But, like, put the ball on the ground. Like, when, when Swift has the ball in the backfield, he can, like, he can make plays. And I get that they, he's, he has that receiving capability, which is awesome, and I love that they use him that way too. But I'd like to see them run the ball because, as you said, Trent, or whatever, Collins, Trent, whoever said it, Derrick Henry is the Titans' offense. Ryan Tannehill is a very competent quarterback. Tannehill's been good this year. They have well, some but he's another receivers. guy. He's another not to cut you off, but he's another prime example of like if Stafford's on the Titans, you could probably do a little more with that offense, and like it doesn't have to. Be yeah, I agree. Right. Run Derrick Henry. Right. But the bottom the bottom line is when you have Derrick Henry, like that team runs the ball, and they should because they have Derrick Henry. So. The, the best solution to me for a defense that can't really stop the run and you're not going to stop the best running back in the NFL this year is you need to put the ball on the ground and control time of possession. They did a horrible, horrible job of that against the Packers, and a lot of it was because they couldn't even get the ball in their hands to begin with. But I'd like to see them utilize the run game more. The Titans' defense is not all that great. They, they let up a lot of points. I think that with Stafford, I would probably actually take the over, but I, I just like the under. I don't know if he's going to play. I also, too, even if Stafford doesn't play and this thing stays at 10.5 or the Titans, uh, the Titans are giving more points after this, I think Chase Daniel is like going to be able to keep the Lions in the game. Like I don't think this is like David Blau, Jeff Driscoll, where you're like, please just don't lose by fifty. Okay. Like, well, well, they're paying. They're I, paying. I, don't, I don't believe in Chase Daniel at all. I'm sorry. I just Me don't. either. No. I think he stinks. Wow. I will say this. I, I, I will say this. The Lions paid him what, like five million a year to come be the backup? Like that's that's a, Yeah, that's he's getting a lot paid more than Cam Newton is. That is a lot of money for a backup. And I don't know. We'll see. But no, my level of faith is mm, about zero in Chase Daniel. So we'll see. All right. Well that you're just a hater. You're a Chase Daniel hater. <laughs> I'm um, allowed to be. That's fine. All right. Well, I'm I'm taking the Lions. I'll take the under. Um, I'll say this: AJ Brown has a massive game. He has a massive game. AJ Brown, no corners. If a warrior is beyond him, warrior was so bad. The Ryan Collins love him, hate him. He actually, he actually wasn't horrible in coverage on Devontae Adams. The one touchdown, I was scandaling. Yeah, he had an arm in there. I'd break that up. I tell you guys, I break that up because I do. But, dude, he – okay, Arawariye has been the best corner on your team this year, dude. He has. Yeah, and they like, all stink. They, say it every they all week, suck. Too. They all suck. The corners all suck. He's the best out of the worst. Don't give but me he like hasn't, he's been He good. hasn't been bad, though. I, I, you'd have a point if, like – I don't think he he's was, been that bad. No, he hasn't been he bad was, he, He's been very average, but, like, not, not good. Did you guys watch the game on Sunday? College, yeah, he's like Devontae Adams. So, is Marquez Stantley – it is burning him in coverage. You, you said that was good coverage. You said that was good that coverage. That was good coverage. Yeah. That was good coverage. I, he I, played I, fine. You, I don't know. You did not. Dude, I understand getting beat by Devontae Adams, one of the best receivers. But when you're 10 hey, yards has off he been him, beat again? And has he been he, beat bad this whole year? Not really. Yes, he did. So oh, it's been Okuda and Trufant all year. Okay, whatever. I mean, Trufant's played like three games. I don't know how I, I would say I, that. I get, I get what you're saying. Like He's not, not good. I just I, I just wanted to mention impressive. that. When you're the best corner on the team and your other corners are Desmond Trufant, who has, you know, rubber for knees, and, and Jeff Okuda, who didn't even play his rookie debut because allegedly he wasn't even ready yet. I, I, I get what you're saying. I'm just like, he's been very average. Like, he hasn't been bad. But he also hasn't been great. Whatever. Yeah, all right, There's well, your Armani we'll World Warriors segment for the week. 
Yeah, we'll wrap up Lions talk. Um, and that's that. Uh, so now we will move into the Pistons. Let's go. Um, first things first here. Well, okay, Pistons have played two preseason games, right? Both against the Knicks, Knicks at LCA. Uh, they lost on Friday to the Knicks. They won 99-91 on Sunday. I didn't watch either game because preseason NBA uh, missed me with that. Um, here's the first thing before we get into because I know you guys, or at least Trent has the Detroit Pistons season preview for you um, as the NBA regular season will start next week. Uh, Pistons cut Angelo Ball. I don't know if you guys knew this or, like, where these billboards are. There is a billboard near my hometown in Novi. I believe it's, like, exit, like, one – 60 like getting off on the back row that says like Detroit loves you like Leangelo like someone bought a Leangelo ball billboard when he has now been cut and of course I have to listen to LeVar, LeVar Ball come out and be like oh yeah big mistake like dude your your kid sucks Leangelo Ball is not an <laughs> NBA player it'd be one thing if like the lot or the Pistons drafted Leangelo and then like traded him away like immediately like that's one thing like you can be like oh yeah like they're gonna regret that like maybe so Lavar your kid has never been good yeah like, let's let's ever. not let's not give Lavar Ball too much talk airtime I, I don't I genuinely don't understand why they signed him out of every player available why he was like brought here listen, I don't listen, know if they were they, talking to Charlotte to like bring Leangelo over like back door but he's or Lamelo. He sucks, LeVar. Listen, I hate, all it was, your, it was, I hate your family. I don't want any, any of your kids to succeed in the NBA. You stink, dude. You're such good. an old man. Shut your mouth, LeVar. Who, you know who cares? No one cares about Lamar anymore. No one cares about him anymore. Well, yeah. All I'm saying him. is, look, dude, you, you, there was no reason, like, it's it's a no-risk signing. I signed him to a 10-day experimental deal, and he clearly wasn't yeah. on it. So they just they let him loose. I don't know. It, Good. Well, it was. It was always. Well, they, uh, that was. Well, that was something that was going to happen. They were signing him basically for him to get cut, yeah. unless he made like a tremendous stride. Like that's just not. He was never going to play. Whatever. Piston season preview. I know uh, the, all the hype right now. Again, Seku, Killian Hayes have been looking great. Um, so I hear. Uh, but I'll turn it over to you guys. Fill me in. How we looking? How we feeling? What do you like? Well, I don't. First of all, we need to talk about how Fox Sports Detroit is off every streaming platform now, and, and I don't know how they did that and just like how quiet it happened. Like ever since the Detroit Tigers season like ended, I I went on YouTube TV a couple of weeks ago trying to watch a Michigan State hockey game, and I I couldn't find it. And I was like, okay, maybe it'll pop up when the Pistons start playing. Nope, not on Hulu Live, not on YouTube TV. So I have to find another way to watch Detroit Pistons team. So you can find me on Reddit a lot this year if I if I don't find another sustainable way. But I watched the second preseason game. Seiko looked really good. I, I, I've I always been kind of – I mean, ever since last year, you actually saw tangible like evidence that Seiko could be really, really good if he brought it on a night-to-night basis. Killian Hayes, he looks like he belongs. He hasn't hit any he, – he's been pretty inefficient, hasn't really hit – a bunch of jump shots, but you can tell that there's something there. Like there's, he, he's got a nice game. Uh, I like what I've seen out of Sadiq Bay. Isaiah Stewart hasn't really gotten any minutes. Can't really tell. He got kicked out of that last preseason game at the very end of the game. It was kind of funny. Uh, he, I, he looked like he might have punched I Julius Randle. I, I so, love, was, I'll, I'll get to him later. I love Isaiah Stewart. I'm so well, sorry. he's basically Brandon Dawson, except 6'9", 6'10". Yeah. So that, no wonder why you like him. Yeah. And then see. 
Saban Lee, who I think hasn't been talked about a lot, uh, enough, has looked pretty good too. I think Saban Lee is going to play in this league. I don't know what his role will be in the first couple of years of the Pistons. I actually think Saban Lee can play at this league. But all in all, it's been pretty decent. And you saw Derrick Rose in the second game look pretty good. Blake just kind of easing himself back into the game. I'm not going to take any of the numbers in a preseason basketball. Like, everything's with a grain of salt. But so far, I mean, I don't think this team is – this team is very watchable this year. Very, very watchable. Right, I've got I, – I did a whole lot of prep for this, so I want you guys to just jump in if you can. Like, I, I don't really mean – I don't mean to ramble, but I, I this is our Pistons season. I will jump in, so, I will. Yeah, jump, jump on in. So, I'm actually – Collins, you, you talked about this. I'm pretty fired up to watch the team. Um, and it's not because they're going to win a bunch of games, and it's not because they're going to be contenders in the East. Like, none of that's going to happen, and I'm aware of that. But it's the first time in a while that this franchise is actually committed to the rebuild and they're going to do it the right way. You know, I would say the first time since probably pre-Bad Boys that this team, this franchise has actually said we're rebuilding. So, um, yeah, the, the, the Pistons, I'm excited to watch the team because it's overflowing with young talent. It's really an embarrassment of riches and young talent, if that's even a thing, and I'll get to that in a second. As of right now on Tuesday, there are 17 players on this roster. you got to cut it down to 15 by the start of the season. For me, uh, the two guys I want cut are John and Musa, who came over in the Bruce Brown deal, and then either Rodney Magruder or Wayne Ellington. I just don't really see the Wayne Ellington thing. That I, I, there's no value in bringing him back. I don't know. He's a veteran. And I, know, I know you need some vets, but I just don't – I don't know why him. But whatever. It, it is what it is. Blake Griffin is now your longest tenured piston. He came over in 2018. That's great news if you're rebuilding because that means you got, you got nobody. You're not really tied to anyone at this point. Um, ideally, Blake and Derrick Rose will both be moved by the trade deadline. But, you know, with COVID and a 72-game season, I'm not going to throw a fit if the Pistons decide to, like, wait till the offseason to do it. But if these guys – these guys have value. Like, Derrick Rose is going to be the best guard on the market, on the trade market for a contender. And Blake Griffin, well, you know, I could totally see Blake fitting in, like, Houston or Golden State, somewhere that needs, like, a big – who, like, still has championship aspirations. I, Trent, you're right. But I, I, I was uh, – this is another thing I've been thinking about. I don't necessarily – because I thought Derrick Rose's highest value would probably be around draft time, and they didn't move him. So they didn't move him. So now I don't really have a sense like if it, I, I feel like the Pistons, you hold on to him until the deadline. You have to move him. Like it's one of those things you have to move him at the deadline because he's only got half a year left on his contract. I think you just kind of hold on to him and hope he doesn't get hurt and he's productive. So when someone else's backup point guard goes down or something like that, someone needs another, another piece, excuse me, then you're like, okay, now this is prime value. Like they're willing to part with a nice piece. And Blake, I think, if they didn't move him in this summer, I think they're gonna move him next summer because they'll only have one more year on his deal. I think that's manageable for a lot of teams. And I think people want to see what Blake Griffin really looks like before they're willing to take a flyer on him. Well, you're exactly right. And to your point about D Rose real quick, you're right. It is a two-year deal, so this is really it for him. If you don't move him by this trade deadline, you're just going to ride him out and not re-sign him probably. The value in keeping him around is he's mentoring Sekou, or not Sekou, Killian Hayes. He's mentoring Killian Hayes. And I know everyone's probably seen the videos on social media and stuff. I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. I love it. And also, like, Blake Griffin has been, you know, speaking highly of some of the young guys, particularly Sadiq Bey. So these guys have value in Detroit still, I guess, but like you, you, you should move on. They have value elsewhere. You can get it. So with that, I want to move into a couple players that I'm like really excited to watch and they're all obvious, but I just want to touch on why. Sekou Dumboya 
He's 19 years old. He finally turns 20 in a week here. Um, that either him or Killian Hayes is your prized young guy, your dime piece. Because the Pistons knew when they drafted Sekou that it was going to be a project. Uh, but the delusional general manager list uh, regime before this one thought that the, you know, Reggie, Andre, Blake, D. Rose, Kennard, Pistons could, could compete. And I admit, I did too. But that, that's kind of why, you know, they, they were okay with taking Sekou because you try to, like, develop him over that time. Um, he, he hasn't played a ton. Uh, well, preseason he played a, a good amount. He's backing up Jeremy Grant, which, you know, I don't really want to see in the regular season, but we probably are going to see that. I, gets, I don't get that. That's one thing I wanted to talk well, about. As long as he gets minutes, I don't really mind. Like, he played he, – he had – last season he had, he played in 38 games, 20 minutes per game, 6.4 points per game, okay? Those numbers are all going to increase this year, regardless of if he starts or not, simply because he's just better. And he's, he's you know, barring injury, uh, he, th- those numbers are all going to go up a reasonable amount. So – I just can't wait to watch Seku. And I'll get to the Jeremy Grant thing in a little bit. Killian Hayes, 19 years old. Dwayne Casey's been talking about starting him over Rose. Uh, so, of course, that turns heads and raises expectations out of the gun. But, you know, so far in the preseason, he hasn't really been impressive scoring the ball. But he definitely has excellent vision. He doesn't really look slow. You know, he looks like he's up to speed already at the NBA level, which is very impressive. Um, and he loves learning from D. Rose. So he'll get plenty of playing time this season. Like, I think regardless – Dwayne Casey's just going to ride him. And I think that's what's really exciting, too, is you got a guy in the top ten, you know, seventh overall pick. There will be plenty of positives watching Killian Hayes. Just stay patient with him scoring the basketball. I think that's the biggest thing people need to realize because that's not really his style of play to begin with. He's a passer. He's a passer, and he's an athletic point guard. Well, I think he, he, he's a he, – if you looked at him, he's a guy you think could shoot at a prolific rate from the three-point line, if he's going to be the guy who raises over the ceiling that we've given him. Um, the one I, I did want to talk about Seiko like a lot because he – the one thing I've always kind of been impressed with him is he has a very good, like, sense of the game. Like, he's really good cutter. He, like, he cuts like, all the time. And, he cuts all the time. Yeah. All his buckets are on cuts. And I, I think actually a guy that – I mean, I wasn't thrilled with the signing. Him playing with Mason Plumley, I actually think – that would be a combination that will link up a lot because Mason Plum is a very good passer for a big man. So you'll see a lot of bad cuts from Seku, but you got, I, I think you got to just like establish that like he's one of our guys. Like, and I trust Tony Casey because he's done it before. He's developed younger guys. And I hate just keep on like plugging the Pascal Siakam comparison and stuff like that and Fred Van Vliet and stuff like that. I hate to do that, but he's done that. Those are productive NBA players. OG and O too. Yeah, like, I think Nick Nurse probably gets a little bit more credit for that, personally, but I, oh, and Anobi, but like, you gotta, I, I'll trust him, but at the same time, I, I don't think there's any, like, I think Jeremy Grant, like, and Seku can play together. Is that crazy to say? No, no, I don't think so. And Collins, you're exactly right. I'm not too much worried about who starts. Grant has not looked good either. So. No, and, and you know what? That was another thing. It was kind of like the Pistons had money, and they signed him to a three-year deal. So, obviously, he's not part of the future future, but apparently they're going to roll him out there and just – I don't know. I don't care well, people, if Seku starts or not, but he better be playing at least 25, 30 minutes a game. Like he That's needs, fair. That's exactly what I think. He needs to play, and that, that's, what he, that's what's going to happen. So, I, 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 I trust Dwayne Casey as well, to your point. Because I, I think at some point Seku is going to start. But, you know, now I want to talk about Isaiah Stewart quick. He's another 19-year-old. 
Um, I, I was really fired up for Killian Hayes, but I kind of saw it coming. Isaiah Stewart was one that I was, like, really pumped about on draft night. I'm not really sure why. Um, he's only played 15 minutes total in the first two preseason games. Uh, I want to see more of him. He hustles like a demon. Like, he's just he's, – he, like, he's a pogo stick. Uh, he jumps multiple times to try to block a shot or grab a rebound, you know, that kind of thing. Um, he's not super primed in the pro scoring game, but I totally see him as a rim runner, like a Clint Capella type that, like, if you're, if you're talking about a future with the Pistons that has Sekou and Killian Hayes running the break, Isaiah Stewart could be the perfect big man to, like, match up with those guys, kind of like a DeAndre Jordan type. Like, it's just all he has to do is rebound and protect the rim and just, like, dunk three balls a game, and it's perfect. So uh, I want everyone to keep an eye on that guy. He's got heart. Even if he gets minutes in garbage time, pay attention, watch him, because he's going to be fun to watch. Spima Luke. 23 years old, he's three and guy. Big reason that we were all content with letting Bruce Brown go was because of Svee Mikhailuk. But I'll be honest, like, I'm not as high on him as a lot of other people are, but he's younger. And why is really, that? Why is that? I want to know. Why, why aren't you Because I just Steve? don't think he's shown a ton of, like, improvement. I think he can still be, you know, a good piece. But similar to Luke Kennard, I don't think he's improved a ton since his younger days with the Lakers and everything. Like, I, I just don't really see – I, I don't think Dang he's gotten it. much better at all. I think, I think the expectation with Svee is that he was going to be a catch-and-shoot kind of run guy, and that's just not really his game. Like, he can do that. Like, he, he's a good shooter, like a really, really good shooter. Maybe a better, like, three-point shooter than Luke Kennard was, like, if we're being yeah. honest. Fair. He can shoot off the dribble, like, at a decent rate, and it has a nice little – he has a – he can get his own every once in a while. I, I, I think he's more, in a sense, a combo guard than just a shooter. So I, I, I see with it, like, he's not a 3 and D guy. Like, he's just – I don't think that's who he is. Like, I think he's – you play him at the 2 or maybe at the 1 sometimes. Yeah, he, so they, they, I, they ran him at the 1 a little bit towards the end of last season. So I I, I, I think people – I don't know. I, I'm interested because most people are high on speed. Like, you, you talk to Pistons Twitter, talk to people who actually watch Pistons teams, they love speed. Yeah, and, and again, yeah, that's why I've got him on my list of, like, players to watch. Like, yeah, he can absolutely have a breakout year. We'll see. A couple more guys I just want to mention quick rather than go in-depth into. Josh Jackson, Jalil Okafor, okay? They're 23 and 25 years old, respectfully. Uh, they're both, respectively, excuse me, they're both busts and warranted. Like, they're not – they're not they have not lived up to the hype. I, were they both drafted third overall? Was Josh oh, Jackson third? Yes. So they were both drafted third in their in their respective drafts. But look, like these are just such low risk signings. Like who knows? Maybe they could come in here and revive a career. I don't know. So it it just adds to the to the youth on the team. It's fun to watch. So here are my here are my four big wishes for the season. This is kind of my wrap up, and then I want to get your guys' thoughts. My four big wishes for the season. I don't want to see Jeremy Grant taking too many of Seku's minutes. And I can I, I can justify Mason Plumley playing a little bit more because you look at the bigs on this roster, and it's kind of like, okay, you've got Jalil Okafor, and then you've got, you know, Isaiah Stewart and a couple of the guys you, you know, you brought in, whatever. Plumlee's like the only established guy out of that entire group that you can say, you know, he'll play. But Jeremy Grant, don't want to see him play over Seku. I don't want to see Killian Hayes' confidence crushed like a Stanley Johnson 2.0. I don't think that'll happen because Dwayne Casey's a lot different than Stan Van Gundy. But um, uh, third, I want to trade Blake and Derek at the deadline. If by the grace of God, you're like top four in the East or something, then obviously you don't do that. The Pistons aren't going to be in that position. So you've got to flip those guys at the deadline. And fourth, I don't want to see Wayne Ellington play that much at all. 
I don't, I, 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 we've seen that experiment once. It's just not, he's not an interesting player to me. And he came from North Carolina. So I just have a disdain for him in my heart anyways. Um, so my prediction for the season, I think the Pistons are going to finish with a 23 and 49 record in a 72 game season. The East is tougher than it's been in a long, long time. So ideally the bad record is reflective of the young players getting lots of playing time, which is the best possible reason for a bad record. You talk about the Tigers, you know, two years ago and that kind of thing. But again, and I cannot stress this enough to the people listening, this season is not about team expectations. It's about watching these young players sprout and show promise in Troy Weaver's first go round because there will be blowout losses. There will be late game mistakes. There will be gag reels and like bad turnovers and all that stuff because they're young players. All the seven guys that I just listed, the average age there is 21 and a half. So you're going to have those, you're going to have to take the moral victories. You're going to have to take the baby steps when you can get them. But I am just – I am fired up to watch the team. I, tr- I truly, truly am because everyone's so young. They're so promised. Uh, you want to see some promise. And it's the first year of a rebuild, finally, finally, right? Like all these Pistons fans, the last four years, you know, they're trying to add another piece, add another – It's you know, we're going to add Tony Snell. Oh, how'd that work out for you? You know, just stuff like that. The Pistons have finally knocked it down. It's Blake and Derek and then a bunch of young guys, and I'm excited to watch it. Well, I, I – you basically – it's actually funny. You just kind of stole one of the questions I was going to ask Rabs and you. If this team wins over 23 and a half games, which is the over-under set in Vegas this year. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, so wow. it's kind of funny that you said that. I didn't even um, that. And they're, they're usually spot on with that stuff. It's only a 72-game schedule. I think a lot of people haven't really realized that because they're just trying to, like, get back on the schedule for the next year when hopefully things are more back to normal. I personally think if they keep Derrick Rose and Blake health, Blake Griffin is healthy, this team will win a decent amount of games early. And I, 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 the roster is really not that bad the way it's constructed now. Well, once they move on from Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin, it's a different story and, and, and stuff like that. But, like, I, I, the East is better than it has been, but, the, like, the eighth seed and seventh seed of the East is still terrible. Like, it's still, like, the first six seeds might be locked up. Seven and eight are still going to be teams way below 500. If they plan on keeping Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin around the entire year and they're all healthy, this team could compete for the eighth seed. I'm saying that now. And I'm not – I hate to sound like a homer, and I don't think it's going to happen. I'm just saying, like, don't be surprised if this Pistons team starts, like, four and two or something like that. Like, I would not be shocked to see that because – Blake Griffin, I think people forgot he was an all-NBA player a year and a half ago. And I understand he's going through major injuries, but I think I'm only – I feel like I'm in a minority where I think his game is not based on athleticism anymore. It's just Better than it was. Yeah, it's just smarts. He can shoot, and and he's got a really good feel and handle for a great passer. I think him and Plumlee are are two one of the big – they're very good passers for bigs. So I think that will help out the guards and everyone around them. I This team is not, like, God, God awful right now the way it's constructed. It's going to be. And, and, and the next couple of years, I think, are going to be a little bit bleaker in the win total as they prepare to try and get guys like Kate Cunningham and Imani Bates. I, like, this year, I don't think it's going to be ugly, ugly to watch. Like, I think the next year will be watchable too, but they're, they're going to stink. If you, you get what I'm saying, Trent? Like, next yeah. year they'll be – all the young guys, and they're going to stink. 
But this year I could see them like actually going out and being like 500 for a little bit. Like first, like first, maybe like 15 games of the year. Yeah. I mean, you're right. And it's literally just to the point of Blake and Derek are really good enough players that, yeah, if the young guys contribute enough and it's a weird year and you're playing these bottom feeders in the East, then yeah, you could maybe sneak in. And I, I, I wouldn't complain. I don't know who would, you know, because you're still going to get a decent draft pick and you're still going to yeah. – all the young – how well, awesome would that be for Killian Hayes and Sekou Dumboya to get their first playoff minutes in their first year or second year? Like, that would be awesome. But obviously we got a long way to go till then. But, no, uh, yeah, I, for I, don't sure. think I don't think you're crazy at all. Like, I think that's well within the realm of possibility. And, and, and it's like probably a 35%. But if Blake looks like he did two years ago, they're a playoff team. Like, that's just a fact of the matter. He was a top 15 player in the NBA. A couple, and, and people can argue if this team is worsely constructed than the team that went to the playoffs as an eight seed. Blake also played like 60 games that year. Reggie Jackson barely played that year. Drummond played fantastic, actually, that year, as much as I hate to say it, and then was a bum in the playoffs that he usually is. But uh, um, I don't know. I'm just, I, I, I think this team will be surprise people early. And also, people who complain, like national media, about this Pistons team, they're like, oh, they're just signing all these random players that no one wants. They're overpaying them. Do they realize the Pistons are trying to tank? Well, yeah, that's like they, three years. Do you guys see that the GM survey said that, like, the Pistons had the worst offseason in the whole NBA? I'm, I'm thinking, like, I don't, what are, like, I don't understand what these people are thinking. <laughs> yeah. Like, these, none of these deals are, like, debilita- debilitating. Right. They're going to stink the next three years anyway. Like, and, and, and Jeremy Grant, they completely overpaid him. They completely overplayed Plumlee. But, like, after one year, those are trade assets immediately. And their contracts are not horrible. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't understand people. Like, I get it. Like, from face value, let's do it. Like, the Pistons are trying to be bad. They're not – I, I will not say they're tanking because I think Casey is not, like, with that philosophy. They're committed to the rebuild. Yes, like yeah, people are idiots if they're like, uh, is they think Jeremy Grant's will turn out to be something? No, I don't think they are. I think they they realize that maybe next year, and a better free agent market, when teams can't get like their hands on a, a high level player, the Pistons are gonna have like a decent asset. Just saying. That's just all I wanted to say. That lastly about the Pistons. Yeah, I don't think they've had a bad offseason at all. I, I, the, the whole thing with – and I would never – I'm still never in the camp of, like, when teams are trying to, quote-unquote, tank, that they, like, actively try to lose. It's a matter of playing guys for the sake of developing them and not really caring about winning. So, I love – like, the guys I'm excited to watch are honestly, like, Josh Jackson and Jaleel Okafor. Because I don't think they've played their best basketball yet in the NBA. And if, you, if one of those two guys can, like, show you something – and you can bring him back and, like, feel confident about that he can be somewhat of a piece coming off the bench, then, like, then great, you've done your job. But I hope Killian Hayes pans out because, I like, Seiku to me, like, I mean, obviously you would like both of them to be good, but I think if the Pistons can find an established guy they like at point guard, it changes the entire game. Like, I really do. Yes, really it does. haven't had a guy like that in, like – I mean, I know, like, Reggie was here for a while – but not a guy that you think can like like this guy will like carry the load. Like you can build around this guy. Reggie, he, Reggie was dynamic for like two years. So yeah, I he, he never he, his ceiling was always like seven or six seed. Right. Made, like that, yeah. everything like he yeah. stays healthy. Like maybe like a five seed. Yeah. Rabs, you're exactly right. Every great Pistons team ever has had a Hall of Fame point guard. And yes, I just called Chauncey Phillips a Hall of Famer. I don't care. No, that's uh, it's actually crazy. He's not in the Hall of Fame, so he will be. 
Um, all right. Well, that will do it for our Pistons season preview. Thank you guys for doing that. Um, let's do the trifecta, and then we will uh, move on with our lives. All right, folks. Welcome in. Trent's trifecta. In light of exam week, Rabs, I know you're an old man now, and you are in the real yeah. world. I want to know, I just want to know, this is kind of a fun question. Do you have, like, an exam week strategy? What's the play when it's exam week? What do you, like, Rabs, you kind of mentioned earlier you're a crammer. I am also yeah. a crammer. I cram. Like, I, <laughs> I do just that subject for, like, three hours the night before, and then I, I tend to perform pretty well. And professors are always like, well, don't cram because it doesn't work. I, I, I completely disagree. So, Collins, what do you think? What's your strategy I, for exam week? Well, there's certain subjects where you like you can't cram. Like there's there is there is that every once in a while. Like Rabs is right. Like there's certain classes at state, like your your standard ISSs or like your IAHs and stuff like that, where you probably could cram. But it's like an all day thing for me at least. Like and I I might that ten hours I'm studying, maybe like three of them I'm actually studying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm one of those type of people. Like I I I give myself time. To do things, but I'm actually not doing things like half the time. And half the time, I'm looking at YouTube videos of Tiger Woods at like 2000 in Valhalla, <laughs> running yeah. after the ball at, with bot. Like I, half the time, I'm doing stuff like that. So I don't know. I'm not like in like. Luckily, me and Trent don't have the like journalism is a tough major, but it's tough in a different sense. Where I I I don't necessarily. It's more tracking people down to talk to you than super 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 time consuming in the sense of doing the work it's hard it's hard out in the field it's not really hard in the classroom well and, and i think a lot of people who like don't take it would rather have the opposite side and sometimes i would rather have the opposite side so I would, sometimes i'd rather do two hours more of homework if it means i i, I actually know that i'm gonna get a good grade because Bob Greenwall or someone doesn't want to talk to me because I'm a student. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, sometimes I would rather have that, but I don't know. No method of madness in my studying, but like there's sometimes you lock in though. I don't know what it is. It's like every one in four like times of me studying, I actually get it done. And like the other three times I'm on YouTube or looking at my Twitter, like, Oh, what that line looks weird in that Wisconsin, Iowa basketball game. Listen, I'm a guy who, when I study, I listen to music, but it's not. It, it, it never helps, and I have to listen to music when I study. It it it's distracting if it's music with words. So I always pick like I know this. I, I pick like Star Wars music. I listen to that, and then I just I, I. People say that to me, but like I listen to music with words when I study, and that might be why I don't study that well. <laughs> I just can't. I can't focus as well. But different strokes are different. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, that's that's the spirit of the. Question. I'm a big Taylor Swift guy when I study. No secret. Okay, that's that's the difference. Good new album, by the way. Good new album. You liked it? Yes, yeah, Evermore, pretty solid. Okay, good to, good to hear. Second question on. Rabs didn't like that. Rabs' oh, facial well, reaction. Yeah, okay. You gotta hit the brakes. Did you like the new Taylor Swift album, Rabs? Dude, I just I think the people that still believe they try to believe that taylor swift is like still relevant and popular just need to like take well it you're just wrong have you listened to it you would actually like this sort of I, music no, dude, I, I listen i know because because i listened to it because i think eric church put out a new song kid cuddy put out his new album which i listened to that i'm not a big rap guy but i get up for kid cuddy um that so was all right that's that not bad and then like i got in so i was like oh taylor swift came out first couple songs first of all you know there's something fishy when you know when the, all the titles of the songs aren't capitalized. Like it's got this like vibe to it where it's like, okay, like what, what are we doing here? So I just think it's like not 
like her old stuff is she's got some great songs. She's just kind of lost it. Like whatever, whatever the, the persona she's trying to adopt now, like it's not like Justin Bieber and Taylor Swift had their time. Like it can't last forever. Like her that time was, is up. That was the antithesis of everything Ryan Collins stands for. Well, I that the throwing in Bieber there was just an unneeded shot. That's, that's I didn't what like I mean. that. Like, that, that. I didn't like that well, one I'm just bit. Saying, like his, like his time. Like he knows it too. Like he's made his money. He's made his music. He'll call like twenty five out a year that like. Yeah, I, I know, think, but I dude, he's always, got enough money for I think he'll, for he'll always be remembered as a teen idol. It'll be like Justin Bieber, teen idol, and his dude, older still makes bangers. No, no, he'll be like he Donny Osmond. Have a fantastic career for the rest of his career. He'll just like do things. He'll always be he, around. He might be one of the best like pop, like pop singers of all time ever. But he's gonna put out one song a year with like some random like also popular like Cardi B or something, and like people are gonna listen to it and go like ah yeah like whatever. And then there's gonna be somewhere like it's always playing at college campuses. But his time's up. Like his his music career is like we've moved on. We've moved on. Well, Rams, I I was not as relevant as you think. Rebs, I was in the camp. I think they're less relevant in places like that. Like T Swift is more relevant with older people now. But I will say this: well, like the gen, the generation, like yes. But like I, the thing, like I was agreeing with you with the T Swift take that, like, hey, she lost her fastball because my brother's a huge Taylor Swift guy, and I'm like, hey, dude, she lost her fastball after Reputation because Reputation wasn't really well received. Yeah. She came out lover. I'm like, oh, okay, this isn't bad. Like, she's got a couple, like, Demand's a banger. I forgot you existed as a banger. You need to calm down as a banger. And I'm like, okay. And then she came out with, uh, I don't know, the one, the last one, Folklore. And I was like, ooh, I like this. I like this. And then she came out with Evermore. Fire. She, it, the fastball is back. She's out of fastball back. She's adapting grabs. And it's crazy. It, it, it's crazy to me you like Casey Musgraves, but you don't like this type of music. I don't know, dude. It's very Musgraves similar. Good. Casey Musgraves is very yeah, good. Casey Musgraves I, is I awesome. Think, I think it's time to move on. But, Trent, to answer your question, I, think, I, I know I'm old. I know I'm old, and you guys don't think I have anything, anything of value anymore when it comes to the college life. But I will say, here are things that I didn't do. Well, when I was, when I did study, I, I got good grades in college. I was fine. But a big white noise guy. Like, I would throw on, like, go to the library, put the headphones in. And you like 10 hour video of like an airplane cabin. Like that's the kind, that's what you needed. Cause I also like, I used to try to do music, but the words would trip me up, but I like the white noise. Uh, airplane cabins. Great. Throw it in the ears. you are trying to study. I will also say as a guy that loved the cram. Like if you know that you have exams coming up, you need to jump on that like weeks in advance to where it's just like muscle memory that you do it every single day. Because I'm also a guy too, where, I can't lock in for like 10 hours. You know what I mean? Like people can go to the library and just sit down for 10 hours and study. I'm like, a, if it's finals week, I need to be throwing the football outside. Or I need to be going out like to the bars and like getting, you know, staying active, get, keeping the mind off things. So you got to, you got to jump on it earlier. That's, that's the thing. That's, there's my pro tip. That's, that's all I have for question one. All right, I cram. You guys don't really, I guess we're all kind of, we, we got, we got a little bit of a different, that was a good, Good answer in terms of the array of answers. Okay. Um, do you guys shop for Christmas? Have you been shopping? Like, you know, I know it's a little different with COVID and stuff, but you can still go to the store and still shop. You know, are, 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 do, you, do you shop at all? Or are you one of those who just like your mom buys something for your brothers and you slap your name on one of them? Uh, I, I, I've gotten most of my gifts online so far. So I've got a couple that I'll probably go out in person and get. 
I like going out in person and personally getting gifts, but as this semester and like this year has been weird, I've been up in East Lansing a lot longer than I usually am. Like you're usually home for Christmas at like December 10, like at least like at the latest yeah. in a usual semester at state. But I don't know, for some reason, our semester is a lot longer than it. Because we I, started in September instead of August. Yeah, I think it was like a week late. Uh, I guess it made sense. But CMU whatever. started on like August 17th and we were like September 2nd. So yeah, we're just dragging. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I usually love going to Great Lakes Crossing, walk in, like, yeah, and maybe get a what, like, get a little snack, get some Panda Express at the food court. But this year's been more an online play. It sucks, though. I'm like the youngest in my family, and like my other siblings actually, like, sort of have a semblance of money. So I always just look like an idiot on Christmas half the time because they give me super, like, thoughtful, like, nice gifts. And I'm like, Oh, here's uh, the Bahamas Bowl T-shirt that I thought would be funny. I got you. That was like yeah, $3. it was five dollars at SBS. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. six years old. Yeah, I thought it'd be funny. I hope you like yeah. it and say thanks, man. I appreciate this. Okay. I uh, yep. first of all, I I despise shopping for myself. I think a lot of it's like I'm a very big perfectionist slash OCD guy, self-diagnosed. So like, if I go to into a store and I want an item I have to like look at every single option of it and like try on every single option so I hate shopping for myself I do buy gifts for for people like depending on the mood I'm in or my funds for the year I'll occasionally throw my friends like a gift or two a select few but usually like I get my brother like a gift and then like my dad might get a gift for me my mom might get a gift for me but then the big play is usually like my dad's just like all right like ask mom for a christmas list here's here's a wad of cash like go make it happen and that's like what i do that's what we do which is great but like we're always very you know what we do i do a lot of shopping on like december 23rd 24th because my dad just like can't get the wallet out in time you know what i mean yeah so i'm like waiting i'm waiting for the funds i'm waiting for the funds to to get rolling so that's like where we're at right now i told my dad like the Christmas list in hand for mom, ready to roll. Just need the money because I ain't doing it on my own. At the buzzer. Yeah, I. My dad is a king of. I don't. I'll never go shopping with my dad because it's just we'll probably get arguments. He'll probably like say, "He's a hey, what do you think about this?" And my dad, my mom does not need that. My brother. Yes, dude, and that's the thing. My dad, like, he'll come up with these ideas of like, "What do you think if we get your mom this?" And I'm like, "Dad, that's 100% something that mom wants to pick out herself. If you go out and try to do this on your own, it's not going to be the right thing. She's going to hate it." Like, no, dad gifts are dad gifts are so hit or miss. They're either the best (laughs) gift in the world, and they're like they're always thoughtful. I'll say this: dad gifts are always super thoughtful. But they like it either misses the mark by a lot or it's like over like oh like whoa dude. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. like that's what it usually <laughs> is. Mom just are always consistent. They always they, yeah. they they're just like, hey, uh, they this is what they want. I'm not gonna try and like beat around the bush and get them something cooler or like something I think they'll like. They 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 stick to the they stick to the list pretty strictly usually. Yeah. Yeah, my dad has a pretty much trademarked Christmas little ism. On Christmas morning, he says, "I have all the receipts after everything my mom opens." So that that's yeah, that's, that's yeah. that is Trent great line. My dad is. A, I, I does that fit? I have the receipts. Just for <laughs> yeah. some reason, they've been yeah. married for thirty years, and he doesn't know the like, like her size still. Yeah, it's just it's funny, and he says it with a big smile on his face. That's goofy, and it's all good. All right, I want to be a guy on Christmas who has a shit. 
like like every year I just say, oh, I, I, I say doofy something. So everyone's like, oh, crazy Uncle Ryan. So I don't actually have to like spend actual money. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> say, oh, you got his Christmas hats again this year. Oh, how nifty. It spent yeah. like $10 on those. It's the novelty of it. Yes. So that was that like, was fun, and no, everyone just looks past. They spend twenty dollars on like eight gifts. Yeah, it's an it's an event when Uncle Ryan gives out his gifts, as opposed to like, oh, what am I going to get from Uncle Ryan? Yeah, whatever. Yes. Okay, I have to ask you guys this, because I've been in my spirit of watching Christmas movies. I have been sort of working all the streaming services, right? You you do like you, you watch one here, one here, one here, one here. I'm talking like Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus. Uh, even like Peacock got in the mix. So, what is your favorite streaming service and why? Like, what do you prefer? Dude, yeah. I don't know. I for so I was a Hulu Live guy in school because you got I I needed to have my live sports, um, and like I was bumming off of someone's Netflix account in college. HBO Max, same thing. I love HBO Max because I'm a Game of Thrones guy. Like, it's my 100% my favorite show. So that's what I use HBO Max for. Dude, Disney Plus is solid. Like, I, I think Netflix, the thing that sucks about not actually having Netflix is that people always talk about these Netflix original shows that they love, and I'm never in on, like, I'm never in on it, or these documentaries I'm never in on. But Disney Plus, like, Mandalorian is great. And Disney Plus is a great fallback for, like, you don't have anything going on on a Sunday. You're like, oh, I want to watch a movie. Like, you can't go wrong on Disney Plus. You can watch The Mighty Ducks. You can watch, like, I love Star Wars was the first one you said there. I love that. You see, they make it. They have a reboot. Mighty Ducks. Yeah, Emilio's in the midst too. He so horrible. I, does he? he did they have, did really they have like a preview bad. for it? Dude, let me tell you the gist of it. The Ducks are like the Hawks. Like they're like the big bad team. Love and that. The the movie is that the the new Ducks or whatever they call themselves are all the kids that get cut. Like, so they all get cut from this Ducks powerhouse team that's got the guy from Letterkenny as the coach that I love, like Riley or Jonesy or whichever one. So all these kids get cut. It looks so bad. Like, go you watch the trailer. It looks horrible. They well, ruined I mean, it. to be fair, I mean, I'm not going to, like, put these in the same – I mean, Mighty Ducks D3 is not a great movie by any stretch of the imagine. Let's not, like, put it – and I love that movie. Just for the fact that <laughs> yeah. it's just like, yeah, Dean Portman just shows up in the third period of a scrimmage from the like the JV and varsity team. Like, yeah, uh, there's there, there double Paul Taria is a color guy for a student love radio that. station at a random game in Minnesota. Yeah. I love Mighty Dots. You know what? So you've never had Netflix, perhaps? No, well, I've, I've had access to it, but, and we did like a, so that was the big thing in my household. We were trying to decide which platform were we going to, because my parents are still like on AT&T cable and it's so asinine because we get like no HBO, no movies, nothing. It's just for primarily so we can watch sports. So I'm trying to get them to switch over, but I've had, I've had uh, experience with all of them besides this Peacock thing. Netflix is, is good. Like the thing is, but Netflix just does not have good movies. Like the originals are great. For the most part, like Stranger Things is awesome. Um, like Breaking Bad's on there. The Office is coming off. So, like, that's good for that. Hulu is, like, fills in the gaps. But they took South Park off Hulu. It's just movies, dude. I need movies. It's so hard. Like, I want to watch movies that come to mind. They're not on anything. It's so bizarre. So, I must go with Disney+. Plus. Like, you can't go wrong. There's things you can watch in there for days. I yeah, think if you want the best of both worlds, you got to go HBO Max. But at that point, you're basically just – I don't even consider HBO Max a streaming platform because it's basically just having HBO. Yeah. It's just like – it's just, you're literally just having HBO. 
I think that's like in a different category. I have to go like when you Hulu has like way better TV shows than Netflix. Like that's where Netflix, like back in the day, like when I was in sixth grade, Netflix had like every good TV show. Like they had, and I, as all these like streaming platforms have taken all their stuff off, like Universal taking off the office and parts and rec and all these other stuff. Like Netflix has kind of suffered from that, but Netflix is my favorite streaming platform. Always will be because whenever I think about like, Oh, I need to go to bed. Let me throw on Netflix. There's always like some sort of show that I'm, I can fall asleep to. And people are talking about how like the office is coming off Netflix. Seinfeld's also going on Netflix. So oh, it, it really? it, yeah. So that's a coming off changer. Hulu. I, it might be. And oh, si- I, I love Seinfeld. Hulu. I watch Seinfeld all the time off Hulu. The commercials are undoable. Yeah, They're yeah. like 90 seconds. At, it's just, it, I'm not, that's not something I want to pay for. I'm paying five, like $12 a month for like yeah. 30 minutes of commercials. So Seinfeld going to Netflix. I'm telling you, prediction, me and my friends have been saying this. It's to become the new friends. There's going to be memes all over the place. All right. Well, I'm fired up for it, man. I, I'm a Disney Plus guy, but that's just because I love Star Wars and like Disney Plus is good. But they haven't like I. The reason I got Disney Plus is because I love Marvel, yeah. and none of that stuff has come out yet. Because it is now. They're rolling. No, it out. I know that's what I'm saying. I well, they still have to wait until Black Widow goes and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like there were supposed to be, I think, at least two series of the Marvel stuff already out by now. WandaVision comes just out. Watch Mandalorian. I don't. I. I. I, I, I'll watch watch the Mandalorian probably eventually. You like it? It's not like the other. It's not like Star Wars. There's no like lightsaber. No, that's what I'm saying. I. I I would watch it. I'm not. I don't bag on the Mandalorian. The only thing I say is that Baby Groot is cuter than Baby Yoda. Yeah, that's just just so. Put some respect on. Put some respect on Grogu's name. I don't think anyone's putting any respect on Groot's name. So that's all I gotta say. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, that that wraps up. That's the trifecta for this week. All right. Any last uh, minute concerns, comments, suggestions? One pride. Feelings? All right. I like it. (laughs) All right. With that, we will end today's episode of the Motown Rundown for Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins. I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Don't miss a single episode. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe follow, whatever you got to do. It's the giving season. Give to us. We will give back to you. See you next time.